Business is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, top of the day to everybody. We have a fabulous show. One of our sponsors, which I've been doing for the last oh, last month and a half, we've just been featuring them because they're so rich with information, and we've had a lot of fun. And with with me today, we're actually revisiting some issues involved in the design area, which is always critical. And we're going to be doing a deep dive with Michelle DeFlippo, who is the owner, creator, visionary of 1106 Design. So we're excited about that because Michelle does a lot of terrific books out there, and she'll take them from, from infancy until they come out. So it's a Phoenix-based company. They do cover design, interior design, layout. They can help with editing um, and really a lot of good indie publishing advice and hand-holding, which is really critical. And, and I'm thrilled to say that Michelle also partners with me on, on uh, Monday mornings, depending upon which part of the coast you're on. It's in the morning time if you're in the mountain central area and, and Pacific, but it's noon in Eastern where we do author mentoring Mondays. So her free ebook, Publish Like the Pros, a, a brief guide to quality and self-publishing is available on the 1106design.com site. And so with that, let's just jump in. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Oh, hi, Judith. Uh, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really looking forward to, to talking to you, and, and I know you'll come forth with questions that a lot of people ask, and I will be happy to jump in and help to answer them. Oh, I'm their conscious sometimes. You know, I get to do those, those kind of things and, <laughs> and, and really dig up. Well, let's, let's just kind of go on. What's, what are some of the new trends that you see in layout that wasn't really around even a year ago? Anything new well, there? Well, I don't, I don't know about, about new trends, really. I, I, you know, I, what I see is a lot of old problems that, that seem to keep cropping up over and over again. And, and the thing that we deal with here a lot is, is uh, the inaccurate information that, that's available all over the Internet. And so many authors are hurt by it. And it, it just seems like no matter how fast we work, we just can't keep up with the bad information that authors are given. It, it's very, very frustrating. Well, you know, the Internet is an issue. I, I, I love the Internet and, and what it can do, and I wish when I was doing so much research it had been available um, to me back in the late 70s and the 80s mm-hmm. um, for that. But it's also it's really a contributor to misinformation and actually blatantly wrong information, and it's created, and you and I both jump on the bandwagon of the publishing predators, it has became quite a stocking ground for the publishing predators to really dupe naive, innocent um, authors and, and literally suck the soul out of their books. Yes, 
Yes, and, and, and it's, it's a shame because these authors work very hard to write the book. They work for years sometimes to get the text down, and then, and then they find a predator online who just tells them to design the book themselves, lay out their own cover, use the template, it's good enough. And, uh, and of course, then they wind up producing a book that, that doesn't look anything like it should, and, and it doesn't get the reviews it should because people aren't either aren't attracted to it in the first place, or if they do buy it, it doesn't read well, and it, doesn't, it isn't easy to read because the text is not properly designed. And so it's just a shame all around. Uh, exactly. So it's how, how do we can avoid it? So what are some of the, let's get into these problems then. Let's, let's, let's do this a redirect here then. That if you were to name the top three problems that you consistently see, what are they? Well, the first problem that I see quite a lot when it comes to covers is that authors will start the book cover design process with the question, what do, what do I want on my cover? And that would be fine if you were only going to sell the book to yourself, but <laughs> you want to sell the book to a lot of other people. So the correct question is, what do my buyers want? And if you start the book cover design process with that question, and a couple of others that I can go into, then your cover is going to be on target. It's going to appeal to the people who you want to buy your book. It's going to appeal to the people who need your book. And you're going to have much better success than if you just do something that meets your personal subjective taste and doesn't address the market that you're trying to serve. And that's, that it's, it's also goes, ties back into what I talk about, Michelle, all the time is who is your buyer? Right. Who it, and, it, and it's not your mother, and it's not your sister or your brother or your uncle, um, although they will buy probably a book for you to support you, but it's really who you are writing the book for. That's correct. And, and what people need to remember is that a book cover is really a package, and as far as our buyers are concerned, it's no different than any other retail package, a, a, a cereal box, a shampoo bottle, whatever the case may be. When the buyer approaches your book cover, they have one question in mind, and that is, what's in it for me? Is it exactly. going to solve my yeah. problem? Yeah. Yes. And I hope it does. And of course, and, and again, I always say this for our fiction people, that uh, the problem is that, that they're looking for entertainment. They're looking for escapism. So will your book solve that problem? And it does, hey, you know, we were, we were, uh, uh, one of our members in Author U, uh, Distant, uh, we do a mastermind on Monday evenings, and he called in and showed up. We all went and looked at his book cover. And it was really awful, and that it has a common problem that we see, I see, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it with some of the DIYs that come in, the do-it-yourselves, that it had every image possible on it without any one single, if you're going to use the image, uh, to really suck in the potential buyer of the book. And it just looked like someone got out a bunch of clip art and dropped it in. Yeah, uh, that is that is a big problem with DIY covers, and 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 now, as you see online too, in the Author You group and other places, now we've got people who have done terrible DIY covers teaching other people to do terrible DIY covers, and and yeah. this whole false narrative that that the cover should be designed by the author is taking on a life of its own, 
and it's even harder now for people who do professional work, and there are many, many good designers, as you know, it's harder for us to break through. And now we're almost, I was attacked last week online Ooh. for suggesting that, that, uh, <clears throat> that someone should actually buy a book cover. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, how did we get there? How did, how did we get here? I, well, I don't quite understand. Or, or not pay more than five dollars, you know, because yeah. of the, the fiber issue. And, you know, that's that's one of the things. I had a discussion with someone earlier today who had minimal dollars, and I says, "Well, here's where you're going to spend them. One, you're going to get editing done. Number two, you're going to get a professional cover designer and interior layout done. Then you can go to Create Space or whatever it is you're going to do to keep the rest of the cost down. But you've got to have those three elements, in my opinion." In my opinion, mm-hmm. so well, right, and so. the reason for that is because buyers buyers deserve value for their money, and we have to give them what they what they deserve for their money. Mm-hmm. And that's true. All right, so let's let's the critical question is that you said is that to, to always ask um, what the buyer wants, not what you want. All right, what other critical questions do they well, or in the problem arena? Well, when we when we get a new customer in here, we ask two additional questions, and and what and one of them is who are you trying to attract, and what are you selling? Not necessarily in that order. Maybe what you're selling can come first. You have to determine that before you can even begin to think about what the cover should look like. Uh, for example, if you're se- if you're selling entertainment, if you've written a novel, then the cover is going to look a lot different than if you're selling a diet book information. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then there's a third option. If you're selling yourself, if you're a consultant or a speaker, and you are the product, then your, your book cover would be designed in a different way still. So right out of the box, you've got to figure out what you're selling. And then you figure out, who am I selling it to? What do they expect to see when they shop for a book of this type? And to answer that question, we just go to the bestsellers on Amazon, and we look at the close market matches to see what the book covers, what contemporary book covers in this uh, uh, category look like. Because if you don't do that, if you just sit at the table and you design something that you like based on your own imagination, and then you put that book cover up there, Amazon is going to show the bestsellers next to your book. And, and you're taking a really big risk there that your book is going to look so different and so strange that buyers will think it's risky and they won't take a chance on it. So one of the things you talk about in when you're talking about overall cover design, I've heard you say this before, and I'd love to have you go into it, is 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 the question of how should it work? You know, along with what is the book cover and how, how should it look? You also ask how should it work? So would you probe into that a little bit and and, and expand? Well, yeah. When when we get into the how should it work part, uh, again, we're asking asking ourselves and 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 trying to tell the buyer: Are we going to entertain them? Are we going to educate them? Are we going to help them solve a problem? And we have to answer yes to those questions because that's what the buyer is looking for. Exactly. And if we answer yeah. those questions correctly, then then the buyer will give us money. If if we don't satisfy those buyer questions, then they're going to browse on to another title that does. Mm-hmm. So in terms of how the book cover should work, you know, the look of the book cover is one thing, but the cover text is also very important. We have to grab them with a really good title, uh, you know, one that's easy to read, one that can hopefully be formatted in a large size. Uh, 
so that it stands out when the book cover is shown about an inch tall on Amazon. And if it's <laughs> yeah. Non- yeah it, hmm? that's, that's so right. They don't, they don't think about that thumbnail visual. Yep. So the fewer words, the better on a book title, and the more specific, the better on a book title, because people are going to look at it for a couple of seconds, and they're either going to stop or they're not going to stop, and we want to make sure that they do. So how do you, uh, and I I think when we come back from the break, let's talk about some of the things that you can do to make your book cover a stopper. How do we get people to snag them, whether it's the color, whether it's the font, whether it's an image? I'd like your input, Michelle, on, you know, how how often do you use images versus just words? We'll come right back. This is Judith Ryle. We're talking books inside and out today. is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the rockstar radio network if you're ready for a big change in your work your career your happiness your life it's time for the million dollar mindset with marla tabaka monday afternoons at 2 1 central on toginet.com Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction Power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women. Inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, TrishaGoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so with me is Michelle DeFlippo, and she is the CEO of 1106 Design. 
Com, based in Phoenix, Arizona. And one of the things that when she was talking about, she mentioned thumbnails as we, just before we went into the break. And that thumbnail is just that very small area. So, But here's what's really important because Michelle and I were talking off the air about a specific book cover. There are all kinds of um, images on this cover. And when they're reduced to that one-inch size, you would you would think there were ants on this cover. You can hardly tell what some of these things are. So it's really smart, I think, that when you're looking at sample covers, Michelle, correct me or add too, that you actually look at them at a fraction of a hundred percent. So that's you right. See. That's right. Because a book cover is really a billboard, or you should think of it as a billboard, because people are literally whizzing by, just like they are in traffic. So mm-hmm. the, the, the fewer words that you have, the, uh, something has to grab their eye first. Now, depending on the, the layout, it can be the title, or it can be the image, or, uh, one or the other can dominate, or or you can have a design where where both the picture and the title are equally important, and they're taken in together. That's okay too, but the important thing is not to make the cover too busy, and and trying to get the whole message, the whole story on the cover is a typical beginner mistake. Yeah, um, and that's what we see, as you know, with a lot of DIY covers, including the one we were just talking about. Um, uh, and sometimes, and 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 people don't understand too the role that typography plays in a book cover. Uh, you know, designers study quite a bit about typography and how to make it look just so and how to space it and what fonts to choose and how to arrange the fonts on a book cover. It's not just a matter of typing in a word in in your favorite font. Um, There's a lot more to it than that because typography creates a mood and that mood in that font that you're choosing needs to match the mood of your book. And if it doesn't, you send a message that's kind of a disconnected message then. And, and if it if it can hit to it, like for example, I was talking about the blur cover earlier. That <clears throat> blur is a blur, and I almost almost saw that maybe it's not a sharp, crisp uh, wording on the cover. Maybe it needs to be a little blurred. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's where, that's where my mind was starting with it. Yeah. Yeah, and I and you know honestly, I don't blame people for trying. And and the word amateur is not an insult. You know, an amateur just means a beginner. But but it's important to remember that if you're doing a book cover for the first time, the very best you can do is an amateur job because you are a beginner. And if your book is your business, then that's a pretty risky thing to do. You know, why would you risk your book business on an amateur cover? It just um, Book business is hard enough. Selling books is hard enough. You want to make sure that you get that cover designed professionally so that people will be attracted to your book and they will want to buy it. And which is the whole objective, which is the whole objective. All right. So when we talk about marketing roads, when you take all marketing roads lead to your book cover, um, and, uh, this is where, well, we fight this. And you just said uh, just a few minutes ago that people were criticizing you because you charged to make a book cover. <clears throat> that how, you know, almost like, how dare you? Yeah, it's amazing. And I, and I have to imagine, what planet are they on? But 
there you go. So well, I, I did. I did look at the person who. Well, the person was saying, "Don't don't listen to anybody who charges you to design a book cover. You can do it yourself. You can self-publish a book in a week, and you could do it all yourself for free." So, uh, of course, being Italian, I had to go find his books online, and and they were all hideous, you know. So, what can you say? It's a free it's a free world. People can do what they want, but but. If, if you look into it, you can find out that, that people who design their own book covers usually don't sell very many books. Well, and, and people who hire professionals do much better. So that should be the deciding factor, I think. Well, I think so, too. And I have to also say that sometimes, um, even though you're, you're a designer, maybe you're not the right designer for your own book. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, I did a consult not too long ago. We have a a once a month kind of an open forum uh, gathering here at uh, in my offices that anybody can come who lives in my neck of the woods. And um, one was a designer, and he was saying that how his books, that he was a graphic designer, and how his books uh, weren't selling and they weren't doing that. So we, we there's 15 of us there, and we, we almost had to pull his teeth to get him to show us the book, of which he did do. And we didn't know what the title of the book had to do with the cover. None of us could see what the connection was. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like he had fallen in love with some design that he had either used for something else or he'd been wanting to use for a long time. But there was no connection. There was no rhythm to it or continuity and and I'm sure it had a, again. What's your your analogy of? You've got to think about you know this is a this is a freeway here, and you're driving along, looking at billboards, and that billboard would not even catch your eye. Yeah, that that's correct. And and we see we see uh, book covers that were designed by graphic designers all the time, and. They may be very talented in terms of making brochures or annual reports or anything like that, but, but book covers are different. They, they have to have a certain look, and it's very hard to describe. It's kind of like a good suit. You know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just a certain something that makes a book cover look like a book cover, and people who design brochures and other things just you know, need more practice before they can capture that, that look. Well, I, there is an art. There is an art to a book cover, and and I, I I'll, I'll tell all our listeners. I, I had a situation with a, a client many many years ago, who had uh, gone through actually had a cover done and had been referred to the layout person and 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 all those things, and her husband said, "Well, you know, wait a minute. I I know uh, we we do printing, we do layout. I mean, we have a corporate report we have to do and a report that's very fancy and we spend a lot of money and you know, our that person could be a great book layout person for you. And 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 you know, we print our our corporate reports and you know, we we can we can handle all the printing, you, you don't need to go to a book printer. Of course our printer can handle it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that conversation with his wife, where she went along with it, ended up costing her $15,000. Mm-hmm. Because that there is, as you said, a distinct difference between laying out a corporate brochure and laying out an annual report than doing a book. Well, and, 
Go ahead. And, and, and the paper, just finishing that, and the paper that they printed it on was, and this was a workbook. This book was a, a family workbook to, to use that they printed it all on, guess what, glossy paper that they used in annual reports. Mm. You, don't, you don't write well on glossy paper. Yeah. And and it was a disaster. It was a disaster. Uh, I, I'm really sorry when I hear stories like that. But 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 it, what you just said highlights the issue that people do what they know best. So those people, with the very best of intentions, gave her what they thought would work. But they gave her their experience in other areas. They didn't have the experience in the book world to make the decisions that would be appropriate for making a real book. That looks like it was published out of New York Publisher. Well, and that goes back to so one of the things. How do you how how do you measure up people? How do you choose people to edit your books, to design your books, to do your indexing if if that's going to be called for? Um, how to do the cover, the exterior? How about doing illustrations or any other the components that can make a book magical besides your words? And one of my criteria is, is I want them to be doing what they claim they're a professional at doing for at least five years. That is one of my criteria. Right. And any time I have violated it, I've always gotten in deep doo-doo. Any time I've gone off because someone said, uh, oh, yeah, no, this will be really good. And, you know, they, they really know what they're doing. Or maybe you want to help your, you know, your nephew, Charlie, because he's new in the business and, and do something. And I've always said it's important for people to learn and make their mistakes on other people <laughs> before yeah. they get to you. <laughs> Well, well, you've, you've heard you've heard the, the joke that an expert is someone who has made every mistake possible in a very narrow field, right? Hey, hey, there! I, I, listen, I have made my share of mistakes. <laughs> so we all. <laughs> and, and you're right. That you want you don't want to uh, be working with a beginner who who is is still in the process of learning those difficult lessons, and and that's what you're going to typically find at these contest sites and at, at Fiverr and and places like that. You're, you're going to get the beginners uh, because they're looking to build their portfolio and they're willing to work cheap, but but. You know, chances are, well, not chances are, for sure, I get a lot of customers in here who say, I went to Fiverr for my cover, but, but the designer doesn't know how to finish. He doesn't know how to do a spine. He doesn't know what a barcode is. Can you help me? You know. Uh, so then, we, we, so then yeah. yeah, then, uh, you know, if if the design is terrible, then I'm in the un, the awkward position of telling this person, you know, look, this really isn't a very good book cover. We can finish it for you if you really want, but I don't recommend that. I recommend starting over. Well, I'm, I recommend that all the time. So yeah. it's just, you know, well, this is a good starter. This is a draft. And, 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 and then, but I think it's important to, uh, before you slay the dragon, is that you give them some idea of why it doesn't work and do some comparisons mm -hmm. so they can get it. Because they're on their own learning curve, and all of us authors are, no matter where we are in the stage of the game, whether you're on your first book or you've had many, many books. They're still learning that you pick up and do stuff. You just can do it a lot faster. Right. So. Yeah. All right. So we're going to be right back. Michelle DeFlippo of 1106 Design is with me today. We're, we're talking covers, interior, and 
the the exterior for the cover interior is the inside so we'll be right back is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo. Dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes. Quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out MarkLepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Levinsky. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. So design is always critical for your books, and that's what we're talking about today. And and we've we've had previous shows also on it, but everyone always takes a little different uh, turn as they talk about design and where we're going and how do you fix them? And Michelle, let me ask you this. When you have a book that, that comes in or they used a, a DIY or they do anything, um, you're, you probably are kinder than I because I will say, you know, what in the hell were you thinking? Uh, um, which is my, 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 blunt, my blunt side. But do, do you really suggest they just scrap the whole thing or is there any time that you, you go ahead and take some of the elements. And if you take some of the elements of something else that's been done, do you run into any problems yourself because you've morphed somebody else's work? Well, uh, I, 
what I'll usually say to a client who comes in with a terrible book cover is, is I'll just say, well, you know, this cover could really use a tune-up. Would you, would you like to talk about that? <laughs> you know, um, and oftentimes they, they, these covers come in with images that we would not choose. And, and so we start from scratch typically. Which would be better. Yeah. Yeah, because then, like you said, that avoids the issue. And that's one thing that, that we've seen a couple of times now with, with CreateSpace. Uh, authors will go to them with images of, uh, this week we, we've got an author who wrote a book about Elvis Presley, and he found an image of Elvis online and uh, did not have permission to use it, and uh, CreateSpace went right ahead and let him use it. Oh. And, you know, he came to us afterwards, and I said, oh, no, 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 you have to have permission to use uh, images of celebrities, um, so I hope we saved his bacon on that. Um, you know, hmm. you can't just pick, pull pictures from the internet, as sometimes uh, DIY uh, author designers will do. They don't understand that there's image permission issues to deal with. Which also, um, there are. You may have to have, need to get permissions for interior things. For example, I just finished a book called "The, the Last Days in uh, Monaco." And that in a couple of places in the book, the, um, the, the character, you know, internally has the song Monday, Monday from the Mamas and the Papas going through it. Mm. And I said, okay, I'm going to mark this. It, it absolutely fit in there where he had it. Um, but I'm going to mark this because we cannot use it unless we get written permission from whoever owns this baby. And it it took me about three hours to track down um, where we had to go, but we did. And you know, I and as I as I told the author, the good news is if you'd had an attorney do it, you would probably spend a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So we got it done in a couple of hundred dollars. Yeah, but but, but, they, but see what what, they, what you're doing there it. is you're you're demonstrating the value of an experienced person, an expert. Uh, you know, yeah. because if 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 they were to take that book to someone who didn't have your experience. That, that issue might not have been flagged and they might have gotten into some big trouble. Yep, exactly. And, and, and they do go after you, especially for lyrics. They're yep. very aggressive um, on that. And, but we were able to track down the license holder, which was somewhere in, I think, Indiana, and, um, and, and get that. And then going through, I was able to also give them the PDF because we'd had it laid out, knowing that we may have to, to move stuff. They could show them exactly how it was going to be used, which thrilled them because they could really see there was no violation of the integrity or anything like that. Um, and we were able to get, because I think because the way we did it, a the usage uh, at a very nominal fee. That's good. Yeah. So see, sometimes an expert, not only the cost of an expert can be more than offset by the trouble they keep you out of and the money they save you. Uh, that uh, no truer statement <laughs> exists. I kind, think. kind of like an accountant, right? Yeah, you, you know, we we all go to accountants to keep us out of tax trouble. It's just it's the same thing with book design and editing. Mm -hmm, exactly. So you have on the um, let, let's jump over the interior of the book. We've been talking about the cover a little bit. Um, oh, you know, but well, wait a minute before we leave there. Let's talk about the spine mm -hmm. Be because I I personally think the spine's really important. And and I remember writing a blog. It asked, "Is your spine, a, a, you know, a, 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 a Tesla or is it a, you know, a, a Ford Escort or something like that?" I can't remember. But 
is that, you know, I love to see um, spines that really pop and are different when, because that's the way in a bookstore you usually see a book. That's right. And, and the spine should be all about readability, anything that will grab the eye, a color bars, a bright type, big type, if you can, if the spine is wide enough to do something interesting. Unfortunately, books, and I know you've probably seen this too, books are getting shorter. Um, so it's not unusual now to have a book spine that's a quarter of an inch wide, and there's not much that anybody can do with that. Uh, we do what we can in terms of making some of the type brighter or as large as possible. But if you don't have much room to work with, it's tough to make the spine interesting. Well, th that's really true. So sometimes you can just take, if you've got some kind of little catchy image anywhere within the book, whether it's the cover, the back, or wherever, um, you might you could use it when it, one of the things that we kind of like to do, or especially children's book. Um, if there's a, you know, one of the images from one of the drawings internally is that we, I like to bring it out on the spine, like between the title and the author's name or something. So mm -hmm. a little separation, but it's a little bit different mm -hmm. and, and do those things. All right. So let's jump over to the interior. You, you, you are well known. There's a couple of things that we should never do, um, in to laying out a book. What are some of those things? Well, the first thing that I would say is that you should never, ever lay out your book in Microsoft Word. It's, it's not the program that's designed to create the quality type that you need to have if you're composing book pages. Now, this is another area where, where the advice all over the Internet is to lay out your own book in my, and use Microsoft Word. But that's not what professional publishers do. That's not what professional designers do. And for very good reason, because a page layout, there is a whole field of book typography that is becoming forgotten um, in, in the vast uh, jungles of the Internet. When we work for a small press, we do maybe 14 or 15 different samples of, of a book interior before we settle on exactly what that book interior is going, going to look like. And the things we change... If you were to make a list of them, they sound absolutely ridiculous. We might make the type size a quarter of a point smaller. We might increase the line spacing by just the tiniest amount. But when you pay attention to details like that, it makes a huge difference in how readable that book is. And I know we've all picked up a book, and for some reason it's just hard to read, and you, and you find out that your eyes are getting tired as you read. That's the, that's the role of good book typography. It's not about just setting margins or choosing a typeface. It's about composing that type in such a skillful way that the spacing is very even and that it doesn't distract the reader from your writing. And a whole lot of effort goes into that. And people need to understand effort is huge and um, whether it's InDesign or Quark or which are the two big ones, aren't they, for layout? Yeah, pretty much InDesign is taking over the market, I think. Uh, that's what we use. Mm -hmm. so, but, but again, you can't just you can't just go out and rent InDesign for a month and, and, and do a book. No. There, there's a oh, whole no. lot of there's a lot, lot to learn. To know. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to learn. I mean, I and, and, and as much as I know about publishing, I certainly would never do. I would never think of laying out my own book. Oh, never. Yeah. But but 
Uh, let me ask you about some of these templates. There are templates out there mm-hmm. um, that that are sold for forty seven, forty nine, fill in the blank, and you can you can have option A, B, or C. Um, are, what are those developed in? Are they developed in Word or are they developed yeah. in InDesign and then converted over that you can uh, fill in a blank or move it Well, move well actually, I've seen both. I've seen the templates both in Word and InDesign, and I've looked at them. Um, and and they are almost always plain, plain, vanilla, boring book layouts. And I And the reason for that is because the person who created them either isn't a book de- book designer, or if they are a book designer, they 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 know that they can't give someone who's not experienced a template that's too difficult to work with, or or that's beyond their ability to work with. So they're keeping it very very simple. Unfortunately, that's very very boring. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've mentioned several times, Michelle, the some of the rules of topography. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of those rules? Well, probably the biggest issue in book typography is an issue called the color of the type. And and this is sort of hard to explain because people ask me, well, well, what do you mean color? The text in the book is black and white. And that's true, but depending on how you space the words and space the lines, a paragraph of black and white type can look darker or lighter than the surrounding paragraph, okay? Mm-hmm. So if, if if you're working on paragraphs, you want all of the paragraphs on a page to be the same color. You don't want some paragraphs to look noticeably tighter or looser than the surrounding paragraphs because then when somebody's reading, it, it makes them stop, and, and all of a sudden now they have to adjust to a new kind of spacing. So that's one of the main jobs of a book typesetter is to eliminate that sort of distraction. And... The other thing that designers, book designers, deal with quite a lot is that is the issue called the book block. Now, the pages of a book should start and end at the same spot on every page. Well, the language of your book doesn't always cooperate with that. You're not supposed to have the last line of a paragraph at the top of a page. You're not, yeah. supposed, to, you're not yeah. supposed to have the first line of a paragraph at the, bo- at the bottom of a page, although I do see that even in, in, in professionally published books now. It drives me crazy. Uh, but, but keeping all of these rules in mind and making that page look coherent takes a lot more effort than it looks like. And when I see layouts that were done by an author using one of these templates, if you don't know those book design rules, you're not going to think about it. You're not. Oh no, they're very messy. It's it's, it's yeah. like, almost like to me, it's the dumbing down of layout. And we're going to come right down. We're going to come right back. Continue on how to dumb up your book so they are smart, snappy, and sassy. Through the trials, you're listening to your guide to book publishing. <laughs> is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the rockstar radio network do you want to get a contact high tune in for fun inspiration and motivation every friday at noon eastern standard time Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired. 
inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your High on Life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author... Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. So with me is Michelle DeFlippo, and she has 1106design.com. It's a Phoenix-based company that offers cover design, interior design, layout, uh, manuscript editing, and lots more to help you as, an, as a self or an indie publishing um, venture really shine and be able to compete with the big boys' books out there. But, um, you know, and, and, and we're talking about some of the perils of the DIY market. And we were d- just talking about what book blocking is. And I'm mentioning off the air that one of the things a lot of times authors don't realize, even the, any design, that they should look at, you know, ideally your pages, the length of your page, the text on a page is going to be the same as the text on the facing page. Um, that faces it. Now, there are certainly situations where it's going to come up short, but you don't want to have it variation on every page. Isn't that correct, Michelle? That's correct. The facing pages should end on the same line, and and of course, the text doesn't always cooperate with that. So, so that's mm-hmm. when you have to go back and start making adjustments. But those adjustments, again, like I was talking about the color of the type, those adjustments have to be done with a very light touch because you don't want the text to be distracting to the reader. So, you know, we try to avoid having what we call a paragraph widow, which is one word as the last line of a paragraph. We don't want the word it, for example, to be on a line by itself. Um, And so we might tighten the type in that paragraph just a little bit to bring up that word and make it, you know, just look better than, Mm -hmm. than having a short word as the last line. And and that's yeah. what typesetters do. We we don't you know when when these people that make templates tell you oh all you have to do is buy my template and flow in the text. Well, I wish it was that easy. Uh, we don't just flow in the text. We we pour over every paragraph. We look at every page, every line, every word, 
and we craft that text so that it looks like a book put out by a major publisher. Now, sometimes what, what authors will do is they will look at the, the layout that they did in Word, and, and, it, and to them it looks fine. But, but I would like to give everybody a homework assignment and say, take your printed out template pages and, and put them side by side with a hardcover book put out by a major publisher. And I know you will see the difference. I know you will. Mm-hmm. And you'll see it in a lot of ways uh, as you go back and forth, which is a good exercise for all, for all of us to do that and, and doing things. The other thing is it's really important to realize if you do have any kind of art on a page, whether it's an illustration, whether it's a sidebar, whether it's a call-out or, or photography or anything, image that once you start, when you drop those in or you decide to move them around, it changes the whole nature of a chapter. Mm-hmm. And you may end up redoing the whole chapter all over again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, uh, yeah. people don't realize how long it takes to correct a book. They think, you know, adding a sentence here or there is, is, is as quick and easy as adding that same sentence in Word, but it, it does make the text of the chapter reflow, and so that means you have to go back and you have to rebalance all of those page bottoms and make sure that uh, you know, the things that you fixed before don't need to be refixed in a different way to accommodate that new text. So it does take a while. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think one of the misnomers out here, Michelle, is I, I think a lot of people think when they engage an interior designer that they think that that interior designer is also an editor. Or mm-hmm. they will think that, they think that, oh, you're going to read my book. I, I had this discussion. Well, of course you're going to read my book before you lay it out. And I, and I, and, um, and I remember saying to her, I said, what makes you think that she is going to read your book? Well, h- how can you lay out my book if you don't read the whole thing? And I said, it, it done every day. Yeah, well, we no, we don't we don't read the book. We get familiar with it, so we can think of appropriate ways to design it. But we don't read every word, and we don't read every every word while we're typesetting it either. Um, that's the job of a, of a proofreader, and why I always recommend mm-hmm. a final proofreading after that layout is done. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it makes a difference. In fact, well, I I have I have a couple people on our staff that does that, but I also know that uh, I mean the thing that I do, and as I'm sitting before I sign finally sign off the book. To go to the printer is I'm going through doing exactly what you're talking about, looking for do we have a dangling line here? Do we have too many hyphens on a page? I kind of have a rule that I only I'd like to see max three hyphens on a page, better yet, less. But what I do not want to see is a couple of hyphens in a paragraph, and mm-hmm. that's it gets really sloppy. And you can work on that whether you have to tighten the line, as you said. Or sometimes you have to substitute another word in. It's just not going to work. But it, it gets ugly. Hyphens can become very ugly mm-hmm. if, you have, if you've got too many of them, at least for me. Well, yeah, because they actually function as little stop signs. You know, so every time you stop the reader, you're making them not understand your text as well as they should. So that's mm-hmm. also the function of good book typesetting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when a when a booksetter can tell me that, um, well, you know, I don't worry about this one because it's a it's a hard hyphen um, and a, a hard break, meaning it's it's already a hyphenated word, which makes it really easy <laughs> for you. <laughs> yes, that, that's one of the rules. Actually, you don't hyphenate a compound word. 
Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. All right. So what are some of the other, we, we've got about, you know, oh, I guess about 10 minutes here. What, not even 10 minutes, about eight, seven minutes. What are some of the other do's and, and, and maybe let's just say, let's go into a couple more of the don'ts and then let's flow through some do's. Okay. Well, um, in, in addition to the, the spacing issues I talked about, some of the other don'ts are, then you can get into the finer points. For example, when you set some type in, in, in the style known as caps and small caps, well, then, then you, you want to make sure that those are spaced just a little bit more loosely than the rest of the type on the line because otherwise they can look too tight. And, and that, again, is a distraction. It makes those words look darker than the surrounding words. So, you know, we go in and we look at the settings for things like that. And um, uh, basically, we just try to pay attention to any little thing that might create a distraction for the reader and try to, um, to banish it and make sure it doesn't happen. One thing that I see quite a bit when, when authors come to me with their homemade layouts is that their page count is much, much higher than it would be if it was professionally typeset. And so that's a consideration, too. It, you may be saving money by doing your own layout, but you're going to pay extra to print every single book. And you get, so, so some of those savings are going to get pulled back from you in invisible ways. All right. And, that, and that's, that's important to know. I think that's actually critical in that. All right. So, and then if, so we've got spacing issues to deal with, we're dealing with, um, um, we, we've got longer pages. And I remember saying on the air the other day on our open mic session on Mondays that you can actually use smaller, you know, a smaller font if you're trying to save pages. And, you know, I really thought about that because I, I have actually a book that I goosed up just a half point um, the font on on one of my books, and I had people thank me for doing that, mm -hmm. that they could read it. So I, I think it's really important that you d you don't want your book to read like an old telephone book. Um, right. That the font is really small if you're cramming in to try to save uh, pages and costs. What are, what are some of the tips? Actually, that if someone can use, if, if you were to give some quick tips, how do you save money on interior design? What would those be, Michelle? Oh, the one, there is just one big way to save money on interior design, and that, oh, good. Is, and that is to finalize your manuscript before the design begins. That is the number one way that an author can save money. Uh, you go through this too, I know, Judith, where, mm. where there's so many changes after the layout. That which takes a lot of time to to implement, but if and it's all completely avoidable if the author would just read that manuscript and correct every possible thing before the the formatting begins. Don't send us a draft; send us the final, because once uh, once that formatting begins, then corrections take a lot more time. And, and sometimes, Michelle, that happens when um they start letting people read it other people read it or, or and they start or they start listening to too many outside voices yeah and they they forget their own yeah I, I i tell my clients don't ever let your friends and family read the layout let them read the manuscript and and implement all their changes first you know show them the layout if you want to before it goes to the printer but that's not the time to make changes 
No, those are it's it becomes minor and it and it's very costly. And I I actually have seen a couple of books. Really, they had to end up throwing it out and starting all over again oh, because of all the dramatic changes that went on. Yeah, and that and that's a real shame because it it it, uh, it destroys the schedule, especially if they've got events planned oh, yeah. or promotions planned. It just yeah. it just makes a mess of everything. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. And the other side of it uh, that I came across is, I, I mean, I've had people who um, literally they they do they do they start all over again, and then they don't get why they can't have their books on time. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's sad. All right. So we we have just about another minute here. So how about one final tip? One final tip. Um, I guess I I guess I would if I could. Uh rub a magic lamp and, and make a wish, I would say, please listen to your book designer when they make suggestions. And please understand that your book designer is trying to create a beautiful book for you. Um, we're not just, just suggesting things because it's our personal taste. We're suggesting things because these are the standards in the book industry. And we want your book to be accepted by the marketplace and look as good as it should look. So so please don't don't give us too much of a hard time. <laughs> Yeah, period. <laughs> period. Because we're on your side. You are on their side. And so that's what's really critical with it. All right. So that's where we are. Book design. We've got covers. We've got the interior. Um, and they all go together. And they make the perfect sandwich when you create it with the right stuff, the right ingredients, and you've got all the components in that designer in play who gets both you, I think it's important that they get you what your vision is, and they truly do get the book because that's how they can bring their expertise to make it all shine. So with that said, Michelle DeFlippo, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Judith. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Hi, everyone. The Draft a Dream book competition is still open. And if you, if there's a book in you, Michelle will be one of the designers on the grand prize. She's going to be designing your book and your cover for you. Go to authoru.org, get all the information, just click on the Draft a Dream. This is Judith Bryles. We'll be with you next week. of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles each week a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take you the author to the next level you'll learn tips and secrets on how to create strategize develop publish and achieve book publishing success by making one very simple change in your book's journey how to avoid the publishing predators how to create an author and book platform that rocks learn how to make a living with your words and your books Learn how to publish a book that has no regrets, and so much more. For more information, check out AuthorU.org, where authors who want to be seriously successful go. And Judith's website, TheBookShepherd.com. Then join us again here next week for more. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Riles. Brought to you by Author You and the Book Shepherd. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network.